When you have a vision of where you want to go in life, the journey is a lot easier to actually go through. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with the author of Debt-Free Degree, Anthony O'Neill. He's here to discuss what he calls the new American dream. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Redefining Wealth. It is so good to really be back. For the last month, I have been in a summer rewind series because I needed to be refreshed and replenished and feel rejuvenated. And I did just that, celebrated my daughter's 13th birthday this past weekend, my husband's 40th last week. And I am just so excited to be back. If you're brand new here, we call ourselves Purpose Chasers. Our mantra is to chase purpose, not money. And we understand in this community that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's the condition of well-being. And so every single week on this podcast, we seek to unpack the different areas of life that actually do impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. So if you need to get acclimated, I suggest you go to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. That's patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Download the free audio training. You will get a better understanding of what the six pillars are. And you will probably pick up on the fact that even though many people have known me for years as a personal finance expert, I rarely, rarely bring hardcore money people on the show because I love to talk about all the other things that impact how we think about money, how we operate in our daily lives. But you're in for a treat because this three-part series that we are kicking off today is called the Money Masters series. And I invited three really incredible people to support us in just unpacking some of these conversations and really excited to start with Anthony O'Neill, the author of Debt-Free Degree, someone who's really passionate about the student loan crisis that we have in America. 40 million of us hold one and a half trillion dollars in student loan debt. Student loan debt is second only to mortgages. It is the next greatest debt that we have as Americans. I don't know what it is in other countries. I know we have listeners from all over, but it is basically an epidemic and I am really excited to dig in. So here is Anthony's official bio. At age 19, Anthony O'Neill was deep in debt and short on hope with no direction of where his life was headed. But after hitting rock bottom, he turned his life around and committed to helping students find and pursue their passions. Since 2003, Anthony has helped hundreds of thousands of students make smart decisions with their money, relationships, and education to live a well-balanced life. He's the national best-selling author of Debt-Free Degree and Graduate Survival Guide, Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College. He's traveled the country spreading his encouraging message to help teens and young adults start their lives off right. Without further ado, here's Anthony O'Neill.
Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Anthony. Hey, Patrice, man. Thank you so much. I cannot believe I am on this podcast. This just made my day, my week. It's honestly one of the best things of the whole year. This <laughs> <laughs> I, I love guests that start by gassing you up. That's man. That's the way to start. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm really excited. We know someone in common, you know, very well, but I had the pleasure of interviewing meeting first and then interviewing Belief Mel from Belief in Fatherhood here on the podcast. His episode was Release Your Genius and got so many rave reviews about him, following him in social media, part of his Patreon community. And I'm scrolling through the Explore page one day on Instagram and I see his beautiful little baby girl. And I click on the picture and I'm like, but who is this guy? Why does this guy have a picture (laughs) of somebody else's child? What is going on? And I hit him up and found out that you guys were brother-in-laws. Yeah, Yeah, that is my brother-in-law. Glenn Henry married my one and only sister, Yvette, uh, who's now Yvette Henry. And um, I have uh, three amazing nephews and one beautiful niece. And uh, I love I love my nephews and nieces dearly. So. Um, I listened to that podcast and that was a dope podcast between you and my brother. So I'm trying to talk that podcast. Uh, so let's do that. Let's let's do it all day. That's awesome. I just think that it's so amazing how small the world is. And so now it actually is very much a pleasure to get to meet you and chat with you a bit more. So your whole platform about debt-free degree speaks to the fact that we shouldn't Well, will you tell me, is your thing that we should go to college debt free or what, that we need to get out of our debt as quickly as possible? What what made you choose that as your platform? So my my argument is going to be there. My stance as well is going to be pretty much we should go to college, uh, get the education, but graduate 100 percent debt free. Mm. So, I mean, the average person, uh, Patricia, is going to graduate with about thirty five thousand dollars in student loan debt. And then if you really break that thing down and really study it some more, 12 years later on after they graduate, they still, the average person still owes about ah, about 65%. But then let's go deeper. The average African-American, the average minority, the average Black person, we owe 113%. And the new American- Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So the new American dream for the average person who is graduating uh, college is not to start a family. It's not to get married. It's not to purchase a home. It's to get a job so they can pay off their debt, pay off their student loans. So I decided to write a book to help young people going into college on here's the step-by-step process on what to do from seventh grade throughout 12th grade so you can get into college 100% debt-free. And I believe the people perish for the lack of knowledge. We make mistakes for the lack of knowledge. We get into debt for the lack of knowledge. Um, And I just want to make sure that our young people can go into college, go to whatever school they want to go to, whether that's an Ivy League or a community college or trade school, but do it without graduating with student loan debt. So that's the premises of the book. It's a step-by-step guide on how you can get into college 100% debt-free. Okay. First of all, I love this. I love it, love it, love it. And second of all, for my listeners who are saying, where were you 20 years ago? Because <laughs> I'm the person who now owes a hundred and a hundred percent of what I actually took out. How do they begin to pay off their debt in a meaningful way? Because people already feel like I'm doing as much as I can and it's not enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get it. You know, that was the very first question that I was 
contact with when I wrote this book was from the parents, was from the millennials who are saying, okay, cool, great. You wrote it for them, but what do I do? And so I actually did a quick read called Destroy Your Student Loan Debt. And it's the guide to here's what you do. But here's the very first thing, Patricia, you got to do when it comes to paying off your debt. And it has nothing to do with money. You got to really come up with a clear vision. You know, when you have a vision of where you want to go in life, the journey is a lot easier to actually go through. Because I'm going to be real with you, paying off your debt, paying especially off your student loans is not going to be fun. Uh, There's not going to be any type of sexiness from it. It's going to be boring and it's going to be hard because you're going to want to put your money in other places. And so you got to come up with a clear vision. And then number two is you got to stop borrowing money. Stop, stop putting stuff on the credit cards. Stop financing cars. Stop borrowing more money. You cannot get out of debt if you keep putting yourself into debt. So have a clear vision. Stop borrowing money. And then three, I use a method called the debt snowball. That's what I use to get out of my debt when I was in debt. And the debt snowballs is simply you line up your debt from smallest to largest, but get your income up. So if you're making $50,000 a year, find a way where you can get another $10,000 for that year and then throw that onto that. Get you a side hustle, get you a side gig. If you have a side hustle, I'm teaching millennials specifically how to go from a side hustle to a side business. So that way you can get the tax write off. So this way you can actually get a little bit more benefits and perks with your income. So you take all that extra income, put it on top of your student loans, especially right now, because we're not paying any interest for the next few months. So take advantage of this season if you still have some income coming in. And then I do talk about the last thing on there is when is the best time to actually refi your student loans? Mm-hmm. So I believe in refine is cool as long as there's no fee um, and your interest rate goes down. So if your interest rate goes down and you do not have to pay a fee to refi, then absolutely refining uh, your student loans are great. And then I talk about what are the best companies out there. For example, Splash Financial is a great company to look into. Normally, they're beating the government's rate. Uh, so that can save you some money and some time. I love it. You said something really key. My whole tagline and mantra is chase purpose, not money. There you go. And as much as my heart is to encourage people to truly pursue their God-given gifts and what what they truly believe God has put them on this earth to do, one of the greatest pushbacks are, well, I have bills. Yeah. I have bills. And, you know, and always it never fails, Anthony, my student loans. And I'm hearing from people who have 60, 70 a hundred thousand plus in student loans and literally feel like they are working just to survive and pay those loans, not fulfilled, not at peace, not happy, not spending time with their families, not taking care of their health, literally just working to pay student loans. And I would love for you to just speak to, in your opinion, how we even bought into that lie, right? Like that it would be wise even if you look at what what degrees people pursued, why it would be wise to take on at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, for many of us, 60,000 plus in student loans with no guarantee. Yeah, you know, it's not wise at all, Patrice. I get argued about this all the time. And I really want you to think about it. You're talking about people 60, 70,000. I am mentoring people right now who have 100, 200, $300,000 uh, in student loans. Why is it that our young people at 22 years old have a mortgage payment, but do not own any real estate? 
they're being sold these lies that, hey, if you go to school, get this four year education, you'll come out and you'll be able to pay your loans off within three years. But then studies are showing us that 12 years after they graduate, they still owe over half of it. And then minorities, black people, we still owe 113 percent. So this shows that we're not even making payments. We're deferring them. I am for education. Let me say this right now. I am so for education. I believe education is crucial. It is important. And everyone should have some form of education. What I am against is jeopardizing your future for education, jeopardizing your dream, jeopardizing your purpose for education. I know several millionaire friends of mine who do not have a bachelor's degree and they make millions of dollars a month. I'm not talking about their net worth is a million. I'm talking about their income is a million dollars, not a month, a year. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one thing that I've learned is if you are determined, if you're living with intentionality, if you're willing to put in the work, then you will be successful. Education is important, but at the same time, you don't have to go to college to be educated. You can go to the military. You can go to trade school. Um, If my kids come up to me and say, dad, I don't want to go to college. I'm going to say, okay, but what's the game plan? Let's have that talk. Yeah. Do with your life or mom and dad. I want to go to college. Um, Okay, cool. What's the game plan? Let's talk about where are you going? How are you going to use it? Because they say that 40% of the people who graduate from college, they use their degree. 60% do not use their degree. So they spent a hundred thousand dollars a year degree. They do not even use. Why? Mm -hmm. Let's have that conversation. But you know, I love your podcast because it's all about chasing purpose and, and, and not money. That is one of the main reasons why um, I do what I do. Um, you know, I didn't get out of debt, so I don't have to worry about money. I got out of debt so I can actually live and enjoy my life. And mm-hmm. so, again, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. You know, you talked about you can get education in a lot of different ways. And what I love about your story is that some of your best education, from what I understand, came from your dad. It sounds like to me you went through a little school of hard knocks (laughs) growing up and you got a great education. Can you give us some of that backstory? Because I think sometimes, you know, when people see folks like us, maybe, you know, people who have these personal finance platforms, they may assume that we were always good with money and we just were born with this uh, affinity towards managing numbers well. And actually, I was definitely the opposite, but so were you. So I would love for you to tell a little backstory there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I was blessed and privileged uh, to uh, grow up in an amazing family uh, that was hardworking, we were far from wealthy. We, we didn't have any wealth, uh, but, you know, we weren't poor, but we were, you know, a paycheck to paycheck family, family of six living in a home of uh, three bedrooms. And my sister, Belief's wife, and my other brother, John Gibbs, and myself, we all stayed in one room. My grandma stayed in another room and my dad and my mom, of course, stayed in their room and we made things happen. But a very strong Christian faith home. Uh, my family grew us up very well. Um, I know the word like the back of my hands. I am the man I am today spiritually because of my parents. But my family, unfortunately, really failed to teach us uh, true financial literacy as far as in uh, what is credit? You know, how, What's the difference between a credit card, debit card, how to budget, how to build wealth, how to start a business. And so when I graduated high school, I think I'm a grown man. I think I'm ready to just be out on my own. And really, I wasn't, Patrice. I was, I was still a little, a little boy. And I got off into college trying to impress the ladies, trying to impress my friends, 
wanted to join a particular fraternity and I'm just doing all the wrong things in life, to be honest with you. Within a matter of six months, I'm $35,000 in debt before I even turned 19. I graduated before I turned 19. I got $15,000 in credit cards. I got $10,000 in furniture bill. Then I have $10,000 in student loans, but I didn't even need them because I had a partial scholarship for the NFL, the National Forensics League. I was a debater. Then I had the other part of my school was being taken care of by my father's GI Bill. And so I didn't need any money for school. It was covered, but I wanted to take out the loan so I can have the lifestyle, uh, so I could do some fun things. And made a bad mistake, unfortunately. Got kicked out of school. When I got kicked out of school, I lose the job that was attached to my school. When I lose that job, I lose the income to pay for my uh, apartment. And I think I'm going home. And me and my father got into a real bad argument. And uh, he said, you know what? Since you think you're a grown man, go be a grown man. And go live on your own. So with all the pride inside of me, because I thought at the time I was a grown man, I was like, cool. I'm thinking one of my friends will let me in the house. And that didn't happen. Uh, all of my friends' parents was like, nah, you can't come here. And so for a period of my life, about six months, I am homeless, sleeping in the back of my car. Every other night, I'm finding some place to sleep, maybe at a friend's house on the floor, the couch, whenever I could. I'm taking baths at the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I'm just trying to make ends meet. Um, one of the lowest seasons of my life from depression, uh, thinking about committing suicide, questioning my faith, uh, questioning Jesus Christ, if he's real, blaming my parents, blaming my friends for the decisions that I made. Uh, not one time did I make my decision. But you know what? During that whole time, my father knew exactly where I was because his thought was, if I allow my son to come back in the house, he'll never learn how to become a man because he'll always think that he can come home when he makes a mistake. And a man never comes home to mom and dad. And so it was that season that I really became a a grown man. It was that season that I said, you know what? The caliber of my future will be determined by the choices I make today. And it was that last night that I said, you know what? I'm going to change my mind so I can shift my mindset. When I shift my mindset, I'll make better choices. And when I make better choices, I'm going to change my future. And that's exactly what happened. I apologized to my father, told him I'm ready to come home. I got three jobs, got out of debt, paid off all my debt. Today, I'm 36 years old, um, completely debt-free, just built my first home, um, my dream home, I would definitely say. Come on. Yeah, and and purchased my dream car and doing what I want to do and traveling around the world, uh, sharing this message of hope, inspiring young people and showing them like, hey, um, if you make the right decisions today, you will say yes tomorrow. And it's even to the point too, uh, for me, Patrice, it's like purpose. You know, one of my purpose in life is to be a family man, is to be a husband, is to be a father. And so not only did I uh, pay off my debt, purchase my dream car, build my dream house, but I built this house with the intent of one day believing and speaking in the faith that my family uh, will move into that house. I've already paid for my wife's I already saved the money for my wife's future wife's ring whenever I meet her. And the wedding fund is already there. So I'm walking in purpose while at the same time, I'm living way below my means and really practicing how to be a good steward. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's so much there. First of all, I just have to speak to this waiting and walking in expectancy. Yeah. Like, I love that you are already preparing and it just speaks to that, that, intention of being proactive rather than reactive. And I think even when you talked about the discipline and the commitment necessary to pay off debt, we always tell people what's the why. Right. 
Like you have to think of the bigger picture. What's the why? What are you actually expecting God to do? And what are you going to give God to bless today? And that might be the discipline and the sacrifice to live beneath your means, to stop accruing new debt, right? To actually buckle down and start that debt elimination plan or use the debt snowball as you used. But that comes attached to understanding that there's something on the other side. And I think that's where that instant gratification consumes people and they they just can't see the other side. No, I, I totally agree with that. The instant gratification and really telling myself no so that I can tell my wife yes, so I can tell my kids yes, comes from just growing up. You know, if we go all the way back to when we were little kids, I got one pair of shoes a year because that's what my family could afford. So I remember putting tape on the bottom of my shoes and having to make sure if it's wet or if if there's a puddle, if it's raining, I got to walk on the back of my shoes because if I walk on the front, that's where the holes were. My Mm -hmm. mom never had a wedding. She never had a wedding. She went to the south of the border in South Carolina and got married there. Um, she never had a ring. Uh, she didn't get her first ring until like five years into her marriage. She never went on a honeymoon. She's never been out of the country. My family, we never took a family vacation. We never went to Disney World. We, we never went out of the country. We never did nothing because my mom and dad had to work all the time. And when me and my siblings got to a particular age where we could work, we got a job so we can do some things and enjoy our life as teenagers. Christmas, my mama worked three jobs from September to December 21st, just so we can have a decent Christmas. So like my why is I'm going to tell myself no. So that way I'm living way below my means so that tomorrow, whenever I do find my wife, I can tell my wife yes. So that tomorrow when me and my wife have kids, um, I can take my kids to Disney World. I can take my kids to Israel and turn their Bible into a 3D effect. Mm. I have so many dreams to where I'm willing to sacrifice today for myself. I'm willing to die uh, the way Christ died for our church for myself. So that way I can tell my family, yes, I came into this world crying, but I'm going to leave this world smiling because I'm going to look up at my family, my kids, my kids, kids, my wife, smiling, knowing that I did everything I should have done as a man. I'm leaving them with wealth. I'm leaving them with land. I'm leaving them with peace. I'm leaving them with joy. And I'm going to be excited about that because as I'm transitioning off to heaven, which I believe with my faith, I know I'm leaving my kids in a better place. And they're starting where I finish, not where I started. So when I think about like my purpose, that's my purpose. My purpose is not to be rich. No, my purpose is to be a great husband, a great father, and just a great leader. I'm going to help people accomplish their God-given talents. And a huge part of that is finances. (sighs) That's so good. I love it. I love it. Leave this world smiling. I just, it instantly made me smile. Like I was sitting here grinning as you were speaking. And I love that you talked about being able to say yes to your kids. In my last book, Real Money Answers for Women, one of the things that I talked about too was the need to set boundaries if you're going to be committed to getting out of debt, right? Like the ability to say no to others, even people we love today because I need to be able to say yes to my daughter Mm. when it's time for her to go to college. And in my case, and I think in many people's cases like mine, where you did go to school, you know, I grew up in the hood in South Central Los Angeles, right? And the only thing I knew was you need to get good grades so you can get up out of here. (laughs) Like That is the goal. Get good grades so you can go to college and get out of here. And 
to think that I could one day have children and they do the hard work of showing up, being who they need to be, productive citizens at school, whatever, getting the grades to get into college and have me say, um, I can't help you because I kept saying yes to friends, family members, whoever, the people who like to act like rent catches them by surprise. You know, the people, Anthony, <laughs> right? They always like, oh, it's the first They, You know, they didn't put a notice on my door because now it's the fifth and I didn't pay. And it's just constant conversation for some friends and family members. That's real talk, you know, depending on, you know, <laughs> who your family is or what you were connected to in growing up. Those are real conversations for people. And I remember when I used to feel like, well, because I was the one that made it or I was the one that had a good job or I was the one that could muster up the, you know, the wherewithal to save money that whenever those people came to me, I felt guilty back then if I didn't lend money that I knew good and heck well, I wasn't getting back. Right. And then I had to come to the realization that once I became a mother, especially one day, my daughter is going to be ready to go off to college or start a business or buy her first home or do whatever those things are. And do I want to have to tell her, no, I can't help after she watched me help all these other people and not really help actually hurt them. Because like your dad taught you that lesson, sometimes that's what we have to do, right? We have to stop helping people we say we love in order to actually help them. Come on. And that requires setting boundaries and everybody's not ready for that. Did you have to set some uh, hard boundaries as you've been living beneath your means and sacrificing when you were sacrificing to get out of debt? What types of boundaries Ooh. did you have to set? See, Patrice, you, you're a woman, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Oh, yeah, I have, I have boundaries with my money. It's called a budget. And so, <laughs> you know, um, uh, a probably about like a month or two ago, I went viral with this video because I had a boundary, a.k.a. a budget. And so within my budget, because I am single, I have a date budget. So if I meet someone and I want to take a route, um, I have an allowance. I have a you know certain amount of money that I I give myself permission to spend uh, for that month on uh, going out on a date. And so I took her out on a date. And great freight first restaurant. Cool. Great. Well, she asked me uh, the next day if she can go to this one particular restaurant. And it was a $500 restaurant for two people to eat. There it was going to cost $500. Well, that was right around the time uh, that I had just built my house. And again, I pay for everything cash. So I'm furnishing my entire house um, in, inside and I'm not doing it over a year. I want to go ahead and do it within one month. So that was the month. So mm-hmm. I texted her and said, Hey, um, I can't take you out this month because it goes over my budget, my boundary. And she completely ghosted me. Wow. I had a budget. I had a boundary. And so she seen me a few months later. She saw me a few months later um, on a particular national TV show. I could say it, it was Tamron Hall show. And she saw me on the show and immediately after the show, she texted me like, hey, just saw you on the Tamron Hall show. Yo, what about that second date? And I didn't respond. That probably wasn't a girl. Right thing for me to do. <laughs> girl, what about that second date? Girl. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I have boundaries as well. And here's the thing too that I've learned. Not only do we have to have boundaries for others, but we have to have boundaries for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the hardest person to tell no 
It's not you. It's not my publicist, Heidi and Sharon. It's not none of them. It's me. You know, it's it's telling Anthony, looking at myself in the mirror and saying, no, no. Like when I, I, when I started making the kind of money I'm making now, everyone's like, man, go buy a new car, go buy a new car. And I'm like, no, I can't afford to buy the car that I want twice. Yeah, I have the money, but I, if I buy it, then I'm, I'm literally back to, you know, zero. In my mm-hmm. So I, I waited, I, I waited, I rented for five years before I can go purchase my house and do it the way that I know that I wanted to do it. And then going back to what you said, like your daughter, I really want you to think about this. And I'm speaking for like us minorities. A lot of my millionaire mentors have this agreement with their kids that when they get married, some of them say, I'm going to give you $150,000 to start off your marriage, or I'm going to build you your first house up into Uh $300,000. And I was like, that's a dope idea. And so now my goal is that when I have kids, so I, I have at least 20 years, I don't have any kids, um, is that when they get married, I can purchase their first house for them. Give them something, give them equity. So I'm saying no to my personal stuff right now, a lot of it, so that one day I can tell my kids, yes, I want my kids to be so far ahead of me that is ridiculous. So I have boundaries. I have a budget for myself. And it's not something that puts me on lockdown, but it's creating so much in my future that I'm still able to drive my dream car. I'm still able to live where I want to live and travel and do the things I want to do, but I'm not doing it at the magnitude that I could be doing it uh, because I'm telling you, man, I I can't say this enough. I think, especially with me as an African-American man, I want to be such a positive role model in my community showing my community and the entire world that, you know, we can be young, we can be wealthy, we can be successful, and we can really trash down, pass down true, true wealth. And you don't have to be a huge celebrity or a musician or artist mm-hmm. or a basketball player to do that. You can be a hardworking young man that really builds true wealth and your family can benefit from it. I love it. I love it. And just to give my two cents on that young lady, because <laughs> I'm sure the women in my audience are like, oh, uh-uh, get her. No, I, I think it's so short-sighted to be so consumed with a dinner versus what could have been her destiny. She could have had a debt-free destiny if these dates worked out, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. the, the, the fact that... <laughs> I'm blown by that, but I'm short on time. So I may have to text you my thoughts later. Um, <laughs> I am blown by that. I think I speak for maybe 50% of the women listening who would be like, Anthony, um, I would prefer a paid off house Yo, listen. built from scratch any day rather than eating. That's going to be pooped out tonight. Like eating. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to live debt free for the rest of my life. Why would I consume myself with that? That is just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was crazy to me too, and and it hurt. Um, you know, but again, I mean, I did a video; it went viral, and the ladies were saying, "Well, how you said it? You texted, and you didn't call her." And I'm like, I, maybe I could have communicated it better, but at the same time, you know, when you have a young man saying, "Hey, you know, I can." 
we can go next month. We just can't do it this month because it's not in my budget. I mean, really, it was a delay, not a denial. Like, let's stop this. <laughs> like, whether it was text message, a phone call, a pigeon, it was it was a 30 day delay. It was not a denial and for good purpose, which speaks to the fact that you just have a bigger vision. Not to mention, did she know who you were before? No, she didn't. In her defense, she did not know who I was. Okay. Which is good for me because I really find out her true colors, you know? Yeah. And a lot of ladies, like when it hit a lot of the big time social media platforms, a lot of them said, well, if you have a budget, then that means you can't afford to date, then you shouldn't be dating. So it really helped me to understand I got to do a lot more teaching that just because you're on a budget, just because if you have boundaries, doesn't mean that you're broke. It actually means that you're wise and you're smart with your money. Exactly. So, and, and you're more focused on freedom. Exactly. Like but the budget gives me the freedom to focus on the things that actually matter to me instead of not having a budget and looking up and being like, well, where'd my money go? Not on anything I cared about on go. things that, you know. That's a whole, okay. I know I have to let you go. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you a few redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. Just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. How do you define success? Success for me is pretty much my purpose. As long as I'm in my purpose, um, I am successful. Amen. Okay. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Freedom, choices, and that's the last word. Freedom, choices, and peace. Come on. Yes. Okay. Um, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? How I see wealth. Ooh. Um, it's close to home, but it's my brother. Um, Everyday Millionaire uh, by Chris Hogan. And here's why. Because... The key word there is every day. These are mm-hmm. people who make ninety dollars to $120,000 a year, but they've built um, a net worth high over a million dollars. Love it. And I have to say, I met Chris Hogan when I came to the Dave Ramsey Influencer event. Such a dope guy. I like him a hundred times more after like getting to sit next to him at lunch and stuff. What a great guy. Love it. We're going to link to that book in the show notes as well as yours, of course. And last question, fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. Will you say the first part again? My name is, you're going to fill in that blank. And then for me, the truth about wealth is, and tell us what that is. My name is Anthony O'Neill. And the truth about wealth is wealth is different than being rich. You can be rich and not have wealth. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Anthony. No, thank you. This was so good. Now, let me tell you, don't be mad when these purpose chasers in my community start hitting up your DMs looking for dates. Don't be mad. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. They coming. They coming for you. Y'all better come right. Yo, we don't don't say you're a purpose chaser if you're not going to come right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they just, you know, long as they sister and, and they beautiful, we good. <laughs> and they understand the boundaries there you that go. come with budgeting. Yes, they have. They, I think they know that in this community, though. But thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. I love what you do in the world. I'm so honored that you were here and just keep being a light because you are such an example. Um, 
And I'm just incredible. I feel really blessed to be like your sister in this financial movement. So thank you for what you do. Uh, For sure. Thank you for having me on. All right. Wasn't that good? You know, after talking to Anthony, it really got me more interested in this student debt crisis because we hear the numbers. We hear that we're one and a half trillion dollars in student loan debt. But I really got interested in digging a little deeper. And so if you're a woman or a person of color or you were a lower income borrower, I don't think it'll surprise you that the disparities are so much greater if you're in one of those categories. So here's what I found. I was looking at the Aspen Institute released a resource called Making the Case, and it talks about solving the student debt crisis and just different things that state and federal governments could be doing. But as I was digging deeper, here's what I found. 21% of African-American borrowers are behind on their payments compared to 6% of white borrowers. The typical African-American borrower owes 95% of their student debt 20 years after enrollment, compared to 6% for white borrowers. Two-thirds of all outstanding student debt is held by women. First-generation students, like I was, are twice as likely to be behind on payments than students who are not. And 84% of low-income students using Pell Grants graduate with student debt, compared with 46% who do not qualify for such aid. So again, person of color, woman, low-income borrower, check, 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 was all three of those things. And it is so disheartening to know that in a country like this, we can't find a way or we choose not to solve the student debt crisis. It's just disheartening. And I don't know about you all. I hope that this conversation with Anthony really just triggers something in you. If you are one of the people who have just been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, if you've been calling student loan debt good debt, therefore not creating a plan to get out of it, I hope that this conversation just jars something in you and makes you get more radical and intentional about finally paying it off because you're a slave to it. You're a slave to it. And as Anthony said, Right? The caliber of our future will be determined by the choices we make today. So you have an opportunity to make a choice. And I love when you guys are like, but where do I go? Google. (laughs) Google, like, once you have the clarity around wanting, desiring strongly to get this cleared up, you will find the resources. Nothing is being hidden from you. If anything, the awareness and the desire was not there yet, so you haven't done the work to find it. But I believe that you can, whether you, you know, talk to Anthony, um, you know, read his book, but whatever you need to do, find the resources that you need and make a decision to not let this hold you back anymore. Because another thing that I love that Anthony said was everyone should have some form of education but allowing it to jeopardize your future, not so. And if you're a parent, please pick up debt-free degree. Please, please, please have your preteen, your teenager read it, um, incorporate as much as they can. We are doing that over here and we got to do better. 
especially if you're a woman, a person of color, or you come from a low-income background. The system is not set up to support you, no matter what it looks like. And we have to be more diligent about protecting our futures. So I hope that serves you. First installment of three in this Money Master series. We'll be back next week with Lynn Richardson. Uh, So excited to have her on the podcast. And until then, let's talk about it in the Facebook group. Redefining Wealth Community with Patrice Washington is on Facebook. Tell me your thoughts. What are you doing to get out of your student loan debt? Like, let's help each other brainstorm over there. Or you can find me on social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. Um, And still, let's talk about it. All right. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.